0: Today on the Multiply Podcast, we're talking emotional intelligence part two. Check it out. Hey everybody, welcome back or welcome to the Multiply Podcast. My name is Jared.
1: My name is David. Thanks for being with us. We are excited. We're pumped. Yeah. It's pretty
0: cool. If you're joining us on uh on podcast, we're glad you're here listening. We're also on YouTube, so what's up to the all the YouTube watchers out there. What do you think? I of know your mom's, fresh haircut. Your
1: mom's been watching a bunch. Yeah, my fresh, fresh cut, mm-hmm. just for this. Now you like. See, we talked about this probably not in the podcast, but when it comes to getting a haircut, like I, I actually think my haircuts are at their prime about a week after I get my haircut. No, I like to grow into my haircut a little bit. I like the next, the next day. You're like prime straight out. Yeah, because
0: then I can style it myself. So they don't really do a great job styling it. Yeah. Well, why would they? They're only hairstylist. Well, I go to a barbershop. shop. Oh, so well, that's your first. That's your first mistake. <laughs> no, because I spend like what is this, nineteen sixty? I spend twenty bucks, and you spend like seventy five.
1: No, that's not even close to true. You. <laughs> you spend twenty bucks at a barbershop? I don't spend much more. Well, stylist. I'm a
0: gracious tipper. You know, <laughs> no, I, I want to hook them up. No, you're not.
1: But yeah, I do got a fresh cut. So if
0: you're not watching on YouTube, check us out over there. If you are on YouTube, give us a like, subscribe. Uh, if you're listening via iTunes or SoundCloud, give us a five-star rating. It helps spread the word, and um, and we're thankful that you're here listening. And we're thankful that we get to jump into part two. If you've not listened to our last podcast, we started talking about emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. and we broke down uh, broke down some some. Arguments And we're going to continue that. So Dave, give us a little, what, what are we looking at here today? Yeah.
1: So when we talk about emotional intelligence, we're talking about our ability to uh, be mindful of our emotions, manage our emotions, but also be mindful of the emotions in the room. Right. right. And manage them to an extent. And uh, that's and a weep. real skill. You were by the end of the last podcast you were weeping. I yeah. mean your emotions were so
0: raw yeah. and real. How did that make you feel? And just I mean it made me feel uncomfortable, but I was See? thankful I was
1: here to be well, to steward you through that. That was managing your emotions. That was my <laughs> goal was to bring you to a place of being uncomfortable. Yeah. You made me uncomfortable and you wow. do often, so thank yeah. you. Yeah, mission accomplished. So we <coughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Speaking of uncomfortable, now we, you're making our listeners uncomfortable. We're working off of an article uh, off of the Inc. Uh, Inc. website by Justin Bariso called 13 Signs of Highly uh, or High Emotional Intelligence." We talked about five last time, and I think Jared got one out of five. So <laughs> I did not score highly so far. <laughs> so we're gonna keep going here, and we're gonna we're gonna fire through these next bunch uh, on this on this episode and, and you can use this too as a metric for yourself to ask yourself how do i do in these areas but the first one is that um leaders that have high emotional intelligence they demonstrate empathy oh and one of the things about empathy is empathy is not agreeing with somebody's opinion right empathy is just being willing to understand where they're coming from yeah and to validate them and what they have to say yeah you're good at this i'm not am i well you're better than me Okay, that's not saying much. That's true. You're basically a robot. (laughs) I'm close. Yeah. Um, Empathy helps us connect with other people. I mean, it's a basic human skill, Jared. So let me Uh, ask you this then. (laughs) As someone who does not do well in this area, um, is this something
0: that just comes natural to you or is this something that you've had to work at? And if so, what are some ways that that happens?
1: Well, I think there probably are some people who are more naturally wired for empathy than others. You know, when you think of even like the Myers Briggs sort of personality spectrums, um, there are some people who are a little more feelers, a little more thinkers. I'm a feeler, right? So I work with people who are thinkers, and it's obvious to me that they think their way through things, but sometimes they kind of hurt people on the way they don't realize it because they're not right so so i think there is some people i think there is something to be said for just kind of the way you're wired doesn't let anybody off the hook for being a jerk nobody can say well i'm not thinker i can be a jerk you know like and if you want to be a great leader you've got to work at this right so so it's interesting because like i look at people who are high on that thinking scale of things and when i look at how they approach problems sort of robotically Uh, and are able to diagnose and address them without getting bogged down in the emotional component of it, I'm actually a little jealous of them because sometimes I'm so aware of the emotions that it slows me down in my decision-making and my ability to see a a situation clearly because I kind of want to get a sense of how everybody feels about it. Mm. But then those leaders will look at me and say, I need you to come alongside me because even though I've seen it properly and I think I've diagnosed it and I think we have next steps, I don't actually know how to communicate this. (laughs) in a way that's going to be helpful for the team and not hurtful for yeah. the team. So there's different strains, and that's why we all... And that's ultimately w- why having empathy is helpful
0: because it, it doesn't mean you don't do the right decisions, right. but it means how you carry out that decision, how you communicate it is well-informed yeah. because you have a empathy and you thought about people.
1: And I think... One of the practical tools that you can ask yourself if you feel like you're not really... One of the practical tools you can use if you think you're not an empathetic leader is to start forcing yourself when you make a decision or when you're about to make a decision, force yourself to ask this question. Um, what will that person feel like they're losing as a result of this decision? Hmm, or how, do, how, how will this surface their fears and their insecurities when I communicate this decision? And once you've been able to identify that and sort of empathize with where they're coming from, then you're able to... Address that, articulate yeah. it, and sort of address it as, a, a, and giving them some sense of, um, even just like, I think it's helpful for people to know, like, I realize this is what it might mean for you, or you might feel this way about it. It would be easy to feel this way. If I were you, I would feel this way, that sort of language. Right. But I also want you to know that this is also true.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, and I've heard, I've seen you do this. It's, you, you do it really well, and I've even tried it in some of the stuff that, um, some challenging decisions that I've had to make. And um, I, I think it's a hel- <clears throat> helpful for people you yeah. know, to say what you may be feeling is this or what you're probably thinking is this. And here's what I, I just want to reassure you of. And it can really dispel some fears that maybe are not accurate. And it
1: only works, by the way, if you actually do get that right. Like if you're like, I bet you're feeling this, and they're like, no, I'm not feeling that. (laughs) So so the way you talk about it, it requires you to know people, to spend time with people. That's why I don't think leaders can isolate themselves up in towers. Yeah. And and pastors, this is especially true. Uh, If pastors are disconnected from just people, pastors, especially as churches grow, they tend to get spend more of their time with their leaders, which makes sense on some level. But you also have to designate intentional time to be with people who aren't necessarily like your your horses, so to speak, your leaders, yeah. but people who your church exists to serve, so that you know what their lives are like, and it creates empathy in you as a preacher, as a pastor, and also as a you know this is also true if you're a CEO, a COO, a vice president. Do you know like if you're the vice president of a factory, do you know what the actual the the everyday factory worker is worried about when they show up in the morning? Hmm. As soon as you lose sight of that, it's hard for you to lead, and you lose empathy for yeah. you. Another thing that um, another sign is you praise others. You're great at this, actually, probably better than I am. I'm not, I'm not great at, at verbal affirmation. Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, you, you, never, you never say
0: the things to me that I want you to. So
1: Well, I'm also not a liar. No. <laughs> <laughs> see guys, see what I'm talking about? All humans crave appreciation, acknowledgement, and emotionally intelligent leaders know how and when to praise people. And, and I would say there's a way that you can praise people that's manipulative. Right. Yeah, and and there's a way that you can praise people that's genuine and really helpful.
0: Yeah, this is true. We actually both work with somebody who's even way better than us at this. Um, uh, he's a pastor on staff and works with me. And um, when you're around someone who's really great at it, you feel like you're terrible at it. <laughs> but I do think the key to this is it's got to be real and authentic. And when um, when you match authenticity with being able to praise, whenever you praise somebody, they know it's legit. Yeah, like they they know you're not just saying something to be nice.
1: And the specificity of the praise, I think, helps, right? Yeah, that's So true. instead of just sort of generically saying, like, you know, when I preach on Sunday mornings, you've had this experience as a preacher. Good word, brother. Good word. Straight from the throne. That Anyone says that to you, what they really mean is terrible sermon. Fresh bread, But I've brother. got nothing else to say. <laughs> but when they actually say, like, hey, when you said this, um, this was really helpful for me. Um, you know, that then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, when I give feedback to people, we had a speaker at a conference that we ho- helped host recently. And I sent him an email afterwards and said, here's three specific things you said during the weekend that I thought were really helpful. And he replied and just said, I really appreciate how specific you were in your feedback because it helps them know what's working, what's resonating. But mm-hmm. also comes across as, like, he's not just, like, generically saying something to try to manipulate me. Yeah he actually was paying attention that's good uh another thing that uh, another sign is you give helpful feedback um emotionally intelligent leaders know how to help other people get better at what they're doing because they're not threatened by their success the key right? is helpful
0: here right right
1: not negative but helpful yeah i how mean do you, how do you give constructive.
0: feedback that's actually helps the person grow improve yeah
1: are you, asking me how? Cha- are <laughs> you just saying that are you just saying <laughs> hypothetically i
0: ain't asking you because i know <laughs> no i think that's the challenge um as someone who, it's easy for me to give feedback on stuff, because I tend to be kind of a, a critical thinker, I, I tend to process stuff like that, so it's easy, but giving feedback that's helpful to person in a way that's helpful in, in um, having the relational equity that it can be received, and all, like, it's easy to, everybody can give feedback, right, we all have thoughts on stuff but giving feedback that's helpful I think is is yeah. more challenging.
1: And one of the ways that your your feedback can be helpful. So recently a pastor in New York asked me to listen to one of his sermons and give him feedback. And so my first question to him was what specific type of what type of feedback are you looking for, right? Yeah. So like how are you trying to grow? That's and, good. And then I also wanted to know how did you feel about it? Like I I want to get a sense of kind of like cuz I want to be able to affirm some of the things that he felt. So, yeah. so if he said, I felt like I really struggled with my transitions, then instead of me being the one who's like, Boy, well, you really, sh-, I can come along and say, you know what? So, so now my feedback actually becomes affirming in the sense of like, wow, you're really good at identifying your own issues, right? So now it's like a positive thing. Like, I agree with you. Yeah. So, um, and another thing with feedback is often letting people know before before that you're going to give it to them afterwards, Right. Yeah. So saying um, we're in a season right now at Trinity where we're on ramping a bunch of new people into our hospitality team. And and one of the roles that they do is they welcome people from the stage on Sunday mornings and they and, and they greet everyone and tell our visitors how to take next steps. And I let them know ahead of time, hey, whether you crush it or whether it crushes you, Pastor Jason and I are going to send you some feedback afterwards. So they don't feel like it was reactive. They know up front, like, that feedback's coming. Yeah, that's good. And um, and also, of course, we provide a lot of clarity on the front end as to what we're asking them to do. So here's another thing. Another sign, number nine, you apologize. Mm. You say you're sorry when you're wrong. I have a hard time at this. Yeah, we know. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an apology at the right time in the right situation can can really establish your credibility as a leader. Of course, that's not why you do it. But when people see that you're willing to say, I got it wrong, you know. And even sometimes yeah. don't you think good leaders sort of take the blame uh shoulder the blame for the team?
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah,
1: this is this is a big one and
0: um it's it's a challenge cuz pride, right? I mean, but there is something to be said at um well, it speaks to your character number one. So, if you're not if you're if you're doing it because you really do feel it, then that's it's a big character move, but I think you're right. As a, as a leader, um, the ability to admit your mistakes speaks to authenticity. It speaks to your humility, and it speaks to your um, willingness to recognize that other people around you may know more than you, and um, and that it's okay to be imperfect. Like this is, we're all in this together. This is okay. I and I was wrong. I messed up. And that's what like for me and my wife as parents, that's the number one thing maybe not the number one thing, but one of the major things for us is, like, we know we're going to screw up. We do often, But what we want to make sure is that we're always willing to admit it to our kids and to apologize. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of culture we want to create. Like, yeah, we shouldn't have yelled at you. We shouldn't have done that, and we're really
1: sorry, you know. And I think of apologizing as a leader is there's a few stages to it. One is, of course, apologizing for whatever you did or something you didn't do, but then also owning up to the fact that you realize um, – you realize the ramifications of that. So yeah, how it affected that person. Yeah, right? I'm sorry that um, I'm sorry that I that I made this decision. I realize it made things really challenging on you. Mm-hmm. And and then also um, another step is here's what I learned. So here's a, so it's, it's an apology. It's a I recognize the fallout and here's what I've learned. Here's how we're going to grow through this, right? Yeah. And a commitment to try and do to do better the next time. So you you can't do that. By the way, the reason why emotional health is so crucial—you already touched on this—is because if you aren't in control of your emotions and your thoughts, and if you aren't secure enough in who you are, you're you're not going to position yourself. You're not going to own up. There's a lot of leaders who never own up, never say they're wrong, and uh, it ends up demoralizing the the team and actually decrediting them as a leader. I think in the eyes of their yeah. team. And that's one other quick thought. With that is if you if you wrong if you make a wrong in
0: public or in a group setting you should apologize in a group setting yeah that's good you know so anyway
1: yeah i've always said that in parenting the public the public to the public degree that you sin so to speak in front of yeah. your children that's how public your repentance should be yeah so if you lose your temper in front of your children in a way that is sinful then you should publicly repent before your children to yeah. them you know and that's a whole other topic but um uh, number 11, you keep, I'm sorry, number 10, you forgive and you forget. This is kind of tied in together. So yeah. when someone apologizes to you, you, you forgive and you forget. You don't hold it against people. You learn to move forward. You. Um, this is challenging, Those a leader, right? Because you're responsible to make sure people on your team are actually performing. Yeah. And so is there a difference between forgiving and forgetting, but also holding people? How do we forgive and forget, but how do we also hold people kind of want to do their jobs? Well, I mean... When I hear him say "forgive and forget,"
0: for me, I think of that as, um, as far as our emotional reactions to being harmed or you being know, offended, resentment. And, yeah, you know. not to do with someone's performance who you're managing, mm-hmm. but rather um, your offense to them. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't think you forget. You don't give everybody a clean slate every day for right, their right. performance, but we gotta we gotta forgive and forget when it comes to offenses. Yeah.
1: Okay. A few more here. Emotionally intelligent leaders they keep their commitments. Um, they follow through on what You're they good at this. say they're going to do. I You're am? good at this. I'm not as good. Well, I mean, I have. I had just. I've created systems in place to make sure I keep my
0: commitments. You also. You come from a high honor culture. I mean, <laughs> I think that matters. Yeah,
1: Rochester, New York, where I was born, is a high honor. <laughs> it's a real shame, honor culture. No, but I, I do think that um, this is sort of an underrated skill in leaders. There's a lot of man. There's a lot of leaders who say they're going to do something and just don't follow through on it and i I know it can be a skill systems issue but at some point like you start to wonder is this a character issue like is this is this an integrity issue like yeah you know when somebody keeps making the same excuses over and over for not getting something done at some point it's like that's fine if you're a child (laughs) but Mm. like you're in a you're a leader yeah you're an adult so at some point you have to do something about that weakness or that tendency. And that's where you start to implement systems and things like that. So, like, sometimes people think, like, oh, David, you you know, you have a great memory. You just remember to do things. I I don't remember to do things. And that's why, like, I have all these systems in place from my calendar to the way that I send reminders to myself, to the way I set alarms at the beginning of the day. Like, I don't trust myself, even though I probably would remember it, I never trust myself to remember it. Yeah. I always set up a, a sort of a fail-safe, is that right, fail-safe? Fail-safe. Fail safe, right. uh, to make sure that I follow through on, on my commitments. So that, that's that's task-driven commitments. And there's other commitments about who you're going to be as a person and how you're going to lead. And, uh, and, of course, to, in order to keep those commitments, I think one of the things you need to invite is what we've already talked about, which is feedback on how am I doing at being the person and the leader I said I would be. Mm, yeah, that's good. All right, two more. One is, uh, and this one actually I think we can go quick because we kind of already talked about this. I think one of the ones was, says you give helpful feedback. Well, this one simply says you help others. Um, you you go out of your way not just to help people when it helps you, yeah, but you help people even when there's no benefit to you, mm. which is one of the great signs of, I think, spiritual maturity yeah. um, is – what are you doing for people who can do nothing in return for you? And Jesus talks about this in Luke 6. We were looking at this last night in one of our grow classes at church. Jesus says, what credit is to you if you love people who love you back, and if you give things to people who you know can pay you back? Like, yep. everybody does that. Yep. So how do you help people who can't do anything for you?
0: What a pride issue, right? Yeah. Assuming everything you have going on is the most important thing in the world. Sure. And when you help someone who can't help you, it's a statement of what I'm doing is not the most important thing in the world. And sometimes I can put that aside to help someone else. That's big. Yeah.
1: Well, the last thing is that emotionally intelligent leaders protect themselves from emotional sabotage, which is um, there are people out there trying to manipulate leaders emotionally, right? Um, And there's certain key phrases that that might be used, like you don't care about this, or um, if you only knew or... Nobody, You know, like there are people trying to tweak and and manipulate us as leaders emotionally at times. And emotionally uh, healthy leaders know how to differentiate themselves. I think that the book I tried to reference in the previous episode by by Edwin Friedman is, um, oh, now I'm forgetting it again. You really should create some systems to be able to remember (laughs) this stuff. What is it called? We'll post it in our show notes that don't exist. Okay. Yeah. Or we'll put a picture of it up th- in We'll the, throw a in picture the up on, the, on YouTube, yeah. yeah. But he, he talks a lot about the need of for self-differentiation to, to be able to um, pull, pull ourselves away from what's being said. And one of the things is, like, when someone comes at you to try to emotionally manipulate you, don't give them an answer or response in the moment. Mm. Say, you know, thank you for sharing that. I'm going to take some time. This is... This matters enough to me that I want to give it the time to really think this through, yeah. And I'll and I'll touch base with it back with you. The other thing that I do with people who are trying to be emotionally manipulative, I think, is I try to elevate the form of communication. So if they're trying to be emotionally manipulative via a text message, I'll say instead of replying to their text message, I'll I'll reply back. When can I call you? Yeah. They don't want that a lot of the time. Yep. Oh, we don't have to talk. I just, uh, yeah. you know. Or they they send an email. When can we meet? Right, yeah. So it communicates the seriousness with which you take their issue, but also says, "I'm not going to let you work me through this poor communication system. We're going to have this conversation. If you really want to have this conversation, like we're really going to have this conversation. Yeah. And it doesn't allow them to work you.
0: I think about this in the in the language of leveraging idols, and often we do this as people all the time. We will leverage each other's idols. You know, we'll leverage approval idols. So we'll make statements like, "You can't really think that, or you wouldn't dare." believe this. And what they're really trying to say, they're trying to leverage your idol of acceptance to get you to agree with them. And so being aware of that and sensitive to not only doing that to others, but others doing it to us,
1: I think is yeah. is uh, really huge. A freedom of, um, <laughs> I just had the book, a failure of nerve, failure of nerve, a failure. There of it nerve. is. There it is. Well, two episodes, <laughs> 50 minutes in to finally get that out. Valley hey, we're our,
0: doing a little shorter episode today, Dave, because, um, well, you're hungry. You know, you always are. And so we want to hear from you real quick. David's Eats, we're going to end with this. Um, what is your favorite vegetable? Oh. Favorite vegetable. I think I know the answer to this, but I'm interested
1: to... Uh, I mean, my, to my favorite preparation of vegetable is is Korean kimchi, right? Um, right. But if you set that aside... Um, my favorite vegetable i like brussels sprouts i was gonna guess yeah, when sprouts. they're cooked down with like bacon which is maybe cheating <laughs> well so i like two brussels sprouts per pound of bacon <laughs> <laughs> i do like asparagus when it's nicely grilled i, I do like veggies i i, I like stuff it, it, it's all about preparation yeah it's gotta be seasoned it's gotta be cooked right you can't be boiling it you know you can't overcook it like things like um broccoli it can't be mushy it's got to still have a little yeah. um, bite to it um so I, yeah i I, I like vegetables. I feel like there's a vegetable I'm forgetting that I love, and I'm going to kick myself afterwards. I like all kinds of peppers. I should say that. Yeah. Jalapeno peppers, serrano peppers, chili I just love peppers. Yeah. Well, hey, listen. We love that
0: you love veggies because yeah. it's going to make you live longer, and we're thankful for that. And also salmon. Sa- yeah, that's not that's, a veggie, but thanks.
1: Oh, what is it? <laughs>
0: that's a fish. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Multiply Podcast. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace
1: out